nchc.tv studios. This is College Hockey Coast to Coast, brought to you by the NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe now for all of the action from the best conference in college hockey. The University of Georgia, building the foundations of something bigger. Go to ugahockey.com to find out how you can be a part of it on and off the ice. Jets Pizza. We're not just pizza. Try our sidekicks, salads, calzones, and more at jetspizza.com. Adrian College. Championship aspirations on the ice and in the classroom. For more information, go to adrianbulldogs.com slash mhockeyd1. There's entertainment resorts and casinos from coast to coast and beyond. Wherever you need to be, Caesars has a destination that suits your style. Central Oklahoma University. Go to ucohockey.com to follow the two-time ACEJ M1 National Champions as they look to add that third championship banner to the rafters. The Spaghetti Shack, ASU alumni owned and operated at thespaghettishack.com. University of Mary, tickets and schedule information, visit us at goumary.com. The Caesars Sportsbook app, where every play earns you Caesars rewards, Towards dining, tickets, VIP experiences, and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, award-winning barbecue for your next catered event at jessieraysbarbecue.com. College hockey coast-to-coast from the nchc.tv studios is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, anywhere that you may be joining us tonight for College Hockey Coast-to-Coast. Scott Strandy on one coast where it's sunny, warm, okay, not warm, but sunny and nice in beautiful Carlsbad, California. My co-host is always joining me from that big, beautiful palatial estate where he needs me to tell him the weather because he doesn't even go out of the estate now. But apparently, New York City is going to get some snow and Long Island's going to escape it. First of all, I don't know anything about this whole estate nonsense. <laughs> okay, so I'm watching the news right in, right now right? in California, and they're telling me that New York is just going to be shut down tomorrow. Okay, it could be. <laughs> well, what, what the hell do I know? Uh, apparently, not much. But Clearly. anyway, <laughs> hey. 80,000 people think they know a lot more than me. Well, that's not surprising. Somebody just shouted out my great quote, 20 wins is 20 win. 20 wins is 20 wins undeniable to Buchagross. Well, you know. And I, I told them, I sent them a message. I said, hey, listen, if you're going to use my quote, at least uh, give me credit for it. Why would they want to do that? Yeah, exactly. They didn't. They just sent me back a laughing emoji. Yeah, so, nice. whatever. Guess what state they were from? Nah, don't. Don't. You well, already know. I, well, I already know. <laughs> because 80,000 strong now on the. I, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say. On the X post. Yes, I am going to say it. I don't care. Because <laughs> if you. Whatever <laughs> the amount of negative is, I'm pretty sure that 95% of it is from that one place. So. <laughs> M-I-N-N-E-S-O-T-A. Minnesota. Minnesota. We're blue blood. What? 
What? No. What? <laughs> They're not? You didn't think Minnesota was blue blood? Oh, well, they, <laughs> I they did are, their, but... I did their chant and just gave them a little, uh, a little blue blood instead of gophers. Oh, I didn't hear what the hell you said. It was like, it sounded like you yeah. were mumbling. No, I was chanting Minnesota. Minnesota. That part I heard, it was the end, okay. and I was like, what the flying did he say? <laughs> I said, we're blue bloods. Oh, well, you said it so fast. It sounded like... <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> A lot of times I sound that way. Anyway, True. Uh, tonight is College Hockey Coast to Coast. We are diving into the bean pot with a great guest, a, a friend of both of ours. If he could uh, figure out how to come on. Who we finally tugged him and said, uh, hey, come on and talk with us. You have way too hot much hockey knowledge, certainly bean pot knowledge, goaltending knowledge. And, oh, by the way, happens to be the father of ASU's most prolific scorer. So uh, uh, how about we come on and talk a little hockey? So we finally twisted his arm, and when we get him on site, we'll bring him on. The one and only Jeff Walker I'm talking about. Yeah, well, you know, uh, full disclosure for people ahead of time, you know, we are friends. Yeah, you know, absolutely. from a random Twitter post, but yeah, you know, <laughs> um, we are friends, and yeah, you know, well, I so, mean, we think we're friends with him. Maybe he doesn't think so, but <laughs> we'll uh, find listen, out. Listen, we'll it, 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 listen, he wouldn't be the first person in the world to just say or just put up with us. That's for sure. Exactly. I know eighty thousand that don't want to put up with me right now. Well, again. I don't want to say all 80,000 were negative, but. Uh, yeah. So. Well, anyway, uh, I think he's coming. He's going to be coming on here a little bit. But, Jeff, if you uh, you can hear me on there, if you hit one of those gray circles. Well, he's uh, in. It's just a matter of. Yeah. Well, once he, hits, once he hits the gray circle, then I can bring him on board. Ah, there he is. He's there and alive. Uh, anyway, the bean pot going on. Let's let's go in and get the scores from Jeff. Let, let's just find out if he's following along. Let's put him on the spot right at the get go. So, Jeff Walker, well, first, Scott Grandy, Paul Hornstein, with you. Uh, I'm cutting off Paul because I, that's the only time I'm gonna get a chance to talk tonight. Yeah, okay. How are you? <laughs> Excellent. How you doing? <laughs> I don't see you nearly enough anymore. I'm no, in Carlsbad, California. Paul's at the big palatial estate on Long oh, Island. Whatever. And um, and you're in in Arizona, so we, we never get to see each other like we used to. I know. It's I actually was at a game once, and then Scott. I mean, uh, Paul had told me that you were down in some corner, and then I had to leave, and I was kind of bummed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Well, well anyway, oh, I know that. <laughs> I. I, anyway. I we uh, Paul says I think we got to have Jeff on to talk about this bean pot thing because it's pretty big. And now that we go coast to coast on Monday nights, why not bring somebody that's got some real firsthand knowledge? Um, you you gave me a bad time when I was out for the Frozen Four a few years ago because I was commenting on how many Dunkin' Donuts I've seen in Boston. But there's a lot of dunks, aren't there? There are a lot of dunks. Nothing wrong with that, though. <laughs> oh well, no, it was a lot better where they used to actually make the donuts in stores. Well, they don't anymore. Oh, you mean the, the little pods there that they uh, they drop stuff off at? Yeah. Well, whatever. I mean, you know, you know, there, there was a reason why they had the commercial time to make the donuts. Yes. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember those. <laughs> All right. Before we get into bean pot, though, I have to ask you, how is J Dub doing? Um, I was in Seattle for the uh, 
winter classic this year and uh my wife's relatives brought out a, a beer for me and they said hey we've got a lot of these beers um that are craft beers from up here in washington would you like one and one said johnny utah and i said right oh. there that's the one i want johnny no utah. way and, that's and awesome now he's in texas <laughs> yes he's in texas he loves texas uh, absolutely loves surprise it. me jeff <laughs> he absolutely loves it loves the weather um loves the team loves the area so he's he's really happy being there alan american like, correct yep alan american yep you know i spent a little time with them um two years ago in april i spent about a week in alan and ma'am fantastic building great fan base and he is correct it's a beautiful place to live yeah he absolutely loves it he really does like every time i talk to him about it, i'm not so sure if he's gonna go home in the summer <laughs> well, all right paul dig in all right well listen i mean uh, right now they're in the championship wait 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 yeah start with boston college winning five nothing with a shutout would you well i'm getting to, <laughs> stop getting to that we own the consolation game well listen somebody has to yes yeah, that's Boston University's tournament on unreal, un, un, unbelievably. Well, okay. Well, first of all, as as you know, I mean, I I did not grow up in college hockey territory like both of you guys did. Right. Right. Okay. Um. But even as somebody who was a novice at the time, before we started doing this, I had heard of the bean pot. So give me, give us. Give us, you know, us novices a feel of what that time, uh, you know, this time of the year really is in, in, in those circles. Because I, I assume that it was at one level pre-Lake Placid and really ramped up after that. And it was about the time that you got to BC where kind of those kids that grew up that that watched those olympics started really hitting the college programs even harder yeah yeah i mean it's funny you say well let's go back to say novice uh because my mom um when i was applying to a bunch of different schools obviously i knew it was bcbu northeast and harvard in the bean pot but i had kind of like had the same question of why i wanted to go to every school every school i applied for and I forgot to take off the bean part, bean pot part about it when I applied to UNH, and my mom <laughs> ripped me for years. Really, <laughs> call me a rookie. <laughs> she goes, "I can't believe you did that." And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> all right, gotcha." All right. Well, yeah. it was a little harder to edit back then because you were probably doing it on a typewriter. Absolutely, and I, I you know I went entire through high school and college without ever using a computer. And look at you now. Yeah, exactly. Look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you working for the big giant tech company. Yes. Um, yeah, on a computer, one finger at a time, <laughs> and pecking it. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, back to it. So, uh, you know, it was always pretty intense, but even before the Olympics. Um, right. And, and this, the, the hard thing about so uh, kids like myself when I was growing up, we played four or five different teams every year. Uh, over the year, like, like right. I played for, and I had to play house league to play for my town. 
Right. So I had to play house league. I had to play A. I had to play, and I played a bunch of double A teams. So okay. we never really got to go see the bean pot. None of my friends did. And I played with Mike Sullivan. I played with uh, Kefler um, and some great Boston kids growing up, but I, I never talked to Sully about it, but um, I never got to a meat pot until I actually played just because it was Monday night. It's February. My mom's going to drive me 45 minutes to the rink in the Boston garden and you know, come home on a Monday night. It's a school night. So it was really tough for us to really, I mean, there was passion about it. We all knew about it and we all picked our allegiances, but it wasn't what, what I would have wish I could experience. Do you know what I mean? Right. Was now when people pick their allegiances, um, was there anything to it? I mean, cause obviously everybody's in the same neck of the woods and maybe even start with that. Just give people an idea that don't know kind of the geography of the four schools and yeah, really so they're all, how close they are. Yeah. There's all as well. I think, I believe I'm told there's a hundred universities in the Boston area. Okay. And BC, BU is right down the street from each other in Com Ave. Huge rivals. Uh, Northeastern is always the up and coming team that always surprises everybody. They're in, they're in Boston and then Harvard's across the river in Cambridge. So it's the, it's the four top teams in that area always competing every year against each other. And they'd always rotate the schedule. So it didn't matter. Like one year we'd start with Harvard, the next year we'd start with BU and, and vice versa. Unfortunately, we're getting out of the way now. We never won one when I was there. We had some serious talent. I wasn't going to bring that up, dude. It's one of those things where you just throw the talent, throw the records out the window. It doesn't matter. Just like right now, be a Northeastern – it's three three, right? With BU, right. yeah, five minutes to go in the, yeah, yeah. So it, it honestly, it, there's so much passion, and there's so much just uh, you know, it's your it's your Stanley Cup for the year, right? It's like you know how they're trying to do these in tournament things, and that was the first in tournament deal that I knew about growing up, and you just that's all you want to do is win that, you know. So so prior to that growing up, there was a bunch of us that we thought we were pretty good. We didn't know how good we really were, right? And then we played, you know, played in youth teams together against each other. And we, we'd always talked about BCBU. Um, I think we all thought we were too stupid to get in Harvard's. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're certainly talking to two people that are that stupid. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So we kind of crossed that one out. And then we also knew that Northeastern was like a co-op and we didn't want to work and go to school at the same time. So we see the BCBU. <laughs> uh, well, so. and by the way, just so people know, again, to look it up. Right, you, you, uh, so, some of the guys that people would recognize: you, Jeff O'Neill, Tim Sweeney, Marty McGinnis, uh, David Emma, and you did play one year with Brian Leach. Yeah, so, he, he he played one year with me. Well, nah, listen, <laughs> listen, I'm sure that if we if we talk if we had him on right now, that he would tell you, or he would tell us that. You are the reason why he eventually is going to make it tall. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. If I, he could score on me, he knew he could do anything. That's right. See? Don't forget Kevin <laughs> Stevens in there. Tim Sweeney, Bobby Sweeney, no, Ken Hodge Jr. Want to get to everybody. We had that okay. kind of time, but Craig Janney. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had a wagon. We were good. B was good too. They had their ups yeah. and downs. Though it's funny because '88, we went from in '87. I think we were 31 and eight or 31 and nine. And we were the best record ever BC. And then we decided to supply the Olympic team with five of our players the next year. 
<laughs> so we had the worst record at Boston College ever that year, <laughs> 13 and 18 <laughs> or something like that. So okay, so we're doing our American duty. You know? Okay, right over here. Yeah, I get it. Jeff, let's get back to that in a minute. But I got to ask you now, I had a little Twitter war uh, that got started inadvertently. And 80,000 people have chimed in on it because oh I simply I simply asked this question. I didn't even ask a question. I said, I'm making an observation. There are five teams in NCAA hockey currently that have 20 wins or more. Four of them are number nine in the pairwise or better. One of them is 19. Does that make sense to anybody? And everybody kind of just bashed me, at least from a couple of states, <laughs> and told Wait me I didn't know what I was talking about. And it didn't matter if you had 20 wins. You got to quit playing cupcakes, and you got to start playing teams that are better, and quit playing at home, and go out on the road. Um, I think you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. So is 20, nine 20. wins, 31 and nine, is is that a pretty good record? Or Because think- this team I'm talking about could finish this year 26, 6, and 6 if wow. they went up. That's Would that great. be pretty good, Mark? Uh, that that's pretty impressive. Not thirty-one, but I mean, no, hey. it's not. No, <laughs> no true, true. I did well but, math. My, but my and, point being is, in order, especially well, even back then, it's hard to pretty much run the table. And as an independent college hockey right now, if you don't come close to running the table, you got no shot. And even if you do, you might be the number twelve or thirteen or fourteen team in the pairwise. And I'm frustrated. So there, that's my two cents. No, and, and I get that. I get that. I, I, I totally get that. Um, I will say something different, though, with when it comes to BC that year, we were everyone's Stanley Cup. Every single game was their Stanley Cup, the opponents. What are you talking about the year that you guys, when you lent, when you, when you guys basically were the Olympic team? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and we, and we, they came, every team came that was, it was on, they were on, we were on their schedule, you know, circled. You could tell it every single game. We got everything they could possibly throw at us. So even like when we lost in the NCAAs, it was that dumb two game total goal series. Yeah, and we actually I'm, won the last game and we're out because John Blue stood on his head. And must have saved, I think, 86 saves or something like that in two games. Ridiculous. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, I do get you because I just, I mean, you can't help some of the scheduling. Right. Well, and, I mean, and my frustration, Jeff, really my frustration is, is this. It's not only the scheduling can't really be helped, but, you know, I grew up playing sports and the goal was always to win. And you would look in the standings in a newspaper, believe it or not, and you would look to see where the standings were based on wins and losses. Now, I know that there is a there's a weighted difference for teams that you play, but you can only play who's on your schedule. And I think that if there's only five teams in all of NCAA hockey currently that have 20 wins, I think they need to be a little closer together. The first four are fine. But it's the fifth one that's 10 spots back and currently not even getting a sniff at the NCAA tournament. So that's that's where my frustration comes in. And I think as a novice person coming in, you're looking at it and you're saying, like, what's wrong here? Because four of these teams are right up near the top where they should be. And this fifth one is way down here. It's kind of, I don't know, a slap in the face to the novice hockey fan, isn't it? No, I, I agree. And no, well, I'll, here's an unpopular opinion, I would I think. Um, I don't like that every 
conference gets a berth. Because I think some of the team, what is it? What is that? What's that league? What the CCHA? <laughs> wow. I think that was a swing. Oops. Oops. Well, listen, they have a team that's they have one team over five hundred. No, I, I was actually talking about Atlantic. Is that what it's oh, called? Atlantic now? Atlantic hockey? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Atlantic hockey. You're right. Careful now. Frank Saratori's gonna I think... Frank Saratori's gonna take gonna 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 get all over you on this. <laughs> Let him. Just, oh. The same thing. It's just Okay. It's, it's not – I don't think – I mean, I don't think it's fair that – so BC or BU wouldn't get into it because RIT's in it. All right. Oh, listen. Uh, okay. We don't shy away from – That just – No. I, I want 80,000 people throwing darts at me. <laughs> Speaking of that, Johnny's making 80,000 people mad at every night, I think. Well, that's every night. <laughs> And, and, and it'd be more if they let more people on the ice, but that's another yeah, story. Exactly. <laughs> you know. So. Uh, Jeff, I was up that line that you, you used to tell me that the leopard's never going to change the spots. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's 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 a full blown leopard. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, good for him. I'm glad he's getting the chance to uh, to, to experience uh, life as a professional hockey player because, uh, man, oh man. Um, and I don't want to get too far away from the bean pot, but we got to right. say he is a prolific scorer, was a prolific scorer, and Arizona State is not in Mullet Arena right now if not for the play of Johnny Walker. Love not solely, but everybody else. But you know he played a big role. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, he's pretty proud of that. I can tell you that much. And he uh, should be. Yeah. So, all right. So now you've made a decision where you're going to go to school. Yeah. Right. Or the decision was made for you. I, you know, I know you've told me some stories, but you ended up at, you end up at BC. Right. Okay. Now you get to that first season and does the campus start to feel any different around being pot time? Okay. So yes and no. The problem okay. with BC at the time was the first year I was in my freshman year, we had our, our rink and they tore it down. So I was one of the few players to play at McHugh Forum and at Conti Forum. So the problem with BC at the time is for two straight years, and even when we were 31 and eight, we didn't have a home game. So we played every game, all our home games at BC, BU and Northeastern. I'm sorry, Harvard, BU and Northeastern. Wow. So. Fans don't travel that well in the cold of winter to Harvard to watch us play on a you know Thursday night or whatever. Right. So I don't feel like the what I I feel at the time there was a lot of pride in, in our team and the the, the the students were into us, but they didn't travel like like we we played in front of four or five hundred people sometimes at Northeastern. Right. You know. So um, now you show up to the bean pot, everyone's there. So that's that's great. It, the problem is the stadium's divided into four quarters. You got one one piece of pie, it's BC, one piece of pie is BU, Northeast and Harvard. And when that happens in a five o'clock game, the BU people, if they play the, the second game in the first week, they're not there. So you're still playing a half a stadium. You know what I mean? So in, in your half a stadium, half of it's BC and the other half's, you know, Northeast or Harvard. Right. So it was uh it's, I think it's different now. I think that 
you, you get the ticket and you get in there. It's always, it was always sold out, but you, you go out there for warmups and it was like back in high school. <laughs> there was really not much there. And that's a whole nother story. The old Boston garden. Right. If you want to go down there. Yeah. Well, what was that like? I mean, cause that's, that I mean, was, I mean, okay. So everything you learned, right. You can forget about Cause the first thing we did, <laughs> the very first thing they do when we, when we went, okay. So I'm thinking, Oh my God, I'm gonna play in the Boston garden. I never got to play there. So I get there and they put us in an NBA locker room, which, you know, if you know the stories of Red Auerbach, there's no air conditioning. There's right. no heat. So it, right. I think it's by the boiler. So it was about 120 degrees in there. Oh, geez. Um, literally. Was, when you play hockey, where you're at the rink or whatever, you walk on the ice or you walk on that foam. Right. Or if you don't, you got to have skate cars. You got to be really careful. Right. Now, the NBA locker room, you had to walk out your locker room and literally probably walk 80 yards on the tile right oh. through concessions. And you're always click, clack, click, clack, click, clack. 24 guys walking towards the ice through people, um, concession stands, team shops, ushers, whatever. And then you finally get onto the ice. But I mean, you're just thinking, oh my gosh, I just ruined my blades. Right. Uh, and so I skated around the ice the first time I was out there. And I was like, oh, that's cool. It's just like any other rink. I wasn't even thinking I'm in the Boston Garden. I went down to stretch. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Bobby Orr played here. Um, this is the Boston Garden. You got to be kidding me. This is unreal. You know, so I was in awe. So the funny thing, I don't know if you knew, but the Garden was the shortest rink in the country. Yes. And no room behind the net. And so me, as a goalie, taking warm-ups, I was a goalie who played angles. So I was always way on top of my crease. Right. Well, the blue line's a lot closer. So the first warm-up they do is come down and take slap shots, and they're in your kitchen taking a slap shot. <laughs> and you're just like, what is going on? You know, you're just like, <laughs> people 13 feet away blasting a, a, a rifle over your head. <laughs> and then uh, so I got out of the net, and I was like, I am dripping, dripping sweat. <laughs> and right. I would heard stories about Ray Bork. He would go through seven or nine pairs of gloves a game. And literally, when I got back to the locker room after warm-ups, I felt like I'd played a game. It was so bad. And I don't know how that – because I didn't play. So I didn't know how those guys did it. It was horrible. Horrible. Well, <laughs> but I loved I mean, it. And the oh, smells of cigars, and well, it was great, too. <laughs> well, did, now, did the other teams have to do that twisty, windy – Yes. Did the Brewers not let you guys use their locker room? Yeah, right. Oh, I don't know. I'm asking. I don't <laughs> no. know. No, 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 no. So, I mean, because, I mean, Lord knows, you know, growing up, I mean, you you know, you wondered about, you know, the, the, the heat and it wasn't like a Buffalo Sabre fog game that they played, but it was you had there were some nights at the Boston Gardens that were like that. Yeah, I was there for the uh, Edmonton Stanley Cup when they lost power because they actually had it on a timer because the game went like double or triple <laughs> overtime. <laughs> so, uh, you know what? It's funny you asked me about that because, uh, you know what? We had the same exact locker room four years in a row. Right. And now that I think about it, the Northeastern coach was Fern Flamin, a former Bruin. I wonder right. if they got the good locker room. I don't know. I was this is <laughs> And then my coach, my coach, Lance Legoski, was the nicest guy in the world. We couldn't swear. Think of that. 24 Boston kids 
Can't swear on campus. <laughs> no, that's wait, discipline hey, right 24 there. hockey players, by the way. Yeah, yeah, 24 hockey players from Boston. Not like you got BU who does the, the Swedes and the Finns and some Canadians. BC was all Boston kids. I mean, um, yeah, that was tough. I got in trouble <laughs> once for that. I think. Did you really? Oh, yeah. We were, we were playing Michigan State. We were going to third period. Um, I can't remember if we were up or down. And I dropped a couple F-bombs telling him, let's get going in the locker room before we went out. And I didn't realize Coach was right there. And he turned, Jeff Walker, if my boss heard you, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, you know who used to hang out with us a lot? It was Joe Morgan from the Red Sox, Joe Morgan, the manager. The manager. He played, he played at Boston College with Len. Goal. He was a goal. I mean, uh, <laughs> a forward. But he was the same guy. Same guy. Really old school, classic, you know, no swears. Just everything's high. Everything's fine and dandy today, you know? Well, I can see that's, that's just, like I said, that's, 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 that's just craziness. Because, again, 20, two dozen hockey players, let alone from Boston. Yeah. I mean, that's. <laughs> That be like twenty four kids from the city. Not, what? No, we were in Catholic school. We got whacked by the nuns with the rulers and stuff. Yeah. Well, here's you know, let, let me ask this: university. As long as I got, as long as we got you here with the with the Boston accent, um, uh, can you say Charlie McAvoy, or do you have to be from Boston? Charlie McAvoy. <laughs> no, see, That's he's Paul's from Boston, so he's Paul's, allowed to say it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. <laughs> Paul's pet peeve on that one. <laughs> What's his pet peeve? Uh, there was him. an interview with a uh, current coach on the staff uh, who used to coach in Boston. I think I knew who that is. Okay, you, you might have. You might know who he is, but I'm putting person, things together. Yeah, the person, <laughs> the person doing the interviewing said he couldn't say Charlie McAvoy because he was not from Boston, so he had to get the coach to say it. And I just basically <laughs> wanted to put my fist through the screen. Uh, hey, interviewer, Charlie McAvoy is from Long Island. He's not from Boston. Uh, you know what? Way to be you. He's at the Bruins. He's, he's no longer with Long Island. Uh, no, well, uh, yeah, because my wife's cousin, there you his go. father's a plumber. Yeah, there you go. So uh, let's, let's not get crazy here. Okay, um, I got to break away one more time here because um, it, I don't want to miss this opportunity. Uh, when I was you. up at the American Hockey League All-Star Game this past Monday, a week ago, um, there was a Chicago Steel connection. Josh Doan and... Um, uh, who's my guy, Paul? What? Um, <laughs> There's a lot of the, famous the, the Chicago Car Steel players. At this yeah, yeah. I wanted to have Paul say because he's another Long Island guy, but yeah. Matt Coronado. Yeah. And we were talking about um, the success of the Chicago Steel and how that led guys to the, the professional ranks. And I asked uh, Josh and Matt, I said, you know, in 2020 and 2021, you guys scored like 155 points between you for the steal. And Josh just looked at me and said, you know what? Anywhere Matt and I go, it's just Chicago steal. We just win. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, Got to love the steal. Chicago steal. 
<laughs> you see who BU's leading scorer is? Well, you yeah. mean Celebrini? Uh, Chicago Steel Celebrini. Oh, well, yeah, well, listen. And, and and by the way, Scott, as I told you, and and this it's it's kind of one of the running jokes. Uh, every 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 player has a steel connection. Yes, absolutely, yes. right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, I, before we deviate off of that again back to the bo- uh, bean pot stuff, um mm-hmm. we had Peter Menino on um the other day and uh well, I guess it was a couple months ago now or so, but uh, Peter was talking about his uh, his recruitment and his uh, undertaking of Johnny, and and we were just cracking up. And he goes, "Man, I love that kid." Uh, he said, yeah. "If I could have him all the time, I would have." Yeah, they, that's yeah. He, I could. Those, those were those are two uh, peas in a pod. Those two. Um, I think Johnny's very fortunate to have come across Peter, um, and I think that's one of the main reasons he was successful is because of his his help, his guidance. Those two coaches, him and Muse, had the exact science of how to keep him out of the box and keep his uh, his mouth shut at the right times. What did they do? <laughs> the suture him shut? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the NyQuil Nike Nike cocktail in the Gatorade bottle. <laughs> and by the way, it wasn't just on the ice. He he lit into me a few times off the ice. <laughs> Johnny? Yeah. Just yeah, get in line. Get in line for that <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> it got to the point where when I met him at a press conference, I was like, okay, just get your wax in right now and then we'll talk yeah. hockey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love the kid. Yeah. yeah. He's, okay, uh, he's, so- making, he's made, he made friends in Europe. He's making friends in Ireland now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he is. <laughs> All right. So, so you, you play for BC. Mm hmm. Right. Oh, here's, here's a good one. Okay. So I was, you know, a backup goalie. So I would get right. mop up, mop up duty once in a while. Right. And we're up four nothing late, my senior year. So I had not touched the ice in the bean pot for a game. Right. And the boys are looking at me like, "Hey, get ready," you know. I'm like, "So I got ready," you know. And then never went in. And coach saw me in locker. He's like, "Jeff, <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot all about you. I should have put you in." <laughs> Which everyone else thought was funny, but me. Well, yeah, of course. Well, it's a lot funnier now than it was then. It's still not funny. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you were. You had the best seat in the house, though. I did have the best seat in the house. You cannot. I mean, for a hockey fan, and to play. I mean, that's the funny thing is, I knew we were good, but right. I didn't know how good we really were based on who left and went to the pros. Right. You know, I may. I don't know if I ever told that story about when Leach came. It was my sophomore year, and all I heard is Leach is coming, Leach is coming. I'm like, and we played against a Steve Leach at UNH, and he was a pretty good player. But I'm like, no, I don't think we spelled the same though, right? Yeah, no, you spelled the same. I didn't know. Okay. So I, I was just sitting there going, well, he's good and all, but he's not like anything of the top 15 of our players. So what the heck, you know? <laughs> and then I met Brian Leach the first day. And uh, oh my gosh, we were all, we literally on the bench and it was like out of a movie. We all looked at each other like, are you kidding me? Did you just see, did you, we would do the, oh no, yeah, that's a great play. <laughs> he was unreal. He, really, <laughs> he actually literally made, I, you know, a couple of my teammates, I think gave up hockey mentally 
when they saw how good he was. No, I'm not kidding you. It's sad, actually. They literally was like, I cannot, I'm not that person, and I, I will never make it because he is that good, you know. Well, he, was, he was a stud. He was a stud. He's a good guy, too. Uh, listen, I mean, and you, I mean, he, you know, when you list the players that you played with, I mean, it's it's hard to think that he was was not the best player. Obviously, um, yeah, well, yeah, some really good players, but yeah, um, you know, <laughs> if that team had another year together, oh my goodness, you know, but well, yes, yeah, you guys won thirty one games. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So, I now here's the thing. Okay, mm-hmm. and 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 this is one of the curious things about you specifically. You play at BC, and I don't know how many years it was between you gradu playing and graduating before you took a walk to the other side. Yep, it actually was uh, less than a year. I uh, graduated okay. BC. I went to France for a little while, and then came back. I had a uh, I was supposed to go to a couple of ECHL tryouts, and in my brain, I'm like, oh, man, I'm not going to make it. Uh, I'll put my application out, although I played really well in France. Right. Um, I really should have stayed with it because I, I was only – I just turned 21. I mean, shoot, Johnny got the AC at 21. Right. AC at 21, you know? Right. Um, especially for a goalie to have played until they're 23, 24 in, in junior – I mean, in college, it'd, it'd be a huge deal. But anyways – And they weren't that far from the Olympics at that point either. Yeah, 88, 88 Olympics is when those guys went. And then it was a 92. I think it was 92 or 94 the, the Olympics yep. in France, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so my, my first jobs I applied for was at Boston University uh, for the business office, athletic business office. I'd be in charge of ticketing, and I eventually went into becoming um, corporate sponsorship. I was actually the first who started doing, based on the Boston Garden, doing boards, dasher boards. I started selling BU dasher boards at BU. So I, I created that. Um, but anyways, so the one of the first – I didn't know what I wanted to do. I got over the BC, at BU. I loved it. Um, I mean, to see Parker and the way he ran practice and the way he was – he was uh, he was a great coach, and I could see why there was such a rivalry. Um, but a good story is I I've been there for like about two months, and I really didn't know what I wanted to do yet because it wasn't really making a lot of money working for a university, right? And I just didn't know if what what I wanted to do. And so Dave Silk was there. He was one of the assistant coaches. You know Dave Silk from the Olympics, right? Nineteen eighty. Yes. Yeah, he played for the other team in Manhattan and a couple of others. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, we, he and I became friends and we just, you know, we talk every day and stuff like that. And then I was like, Hey, can we go to breakfast one day? I just want to lock some things across you. And he's like, yeah, sure. <clears throat> Super nice. Super nice guy. Right. And then we sat down for breakfast. We went to T's, T Anthony's, which is like a pizza place that has breakfast too in the morning. Right. And I didn't get to say anything yet. I was, I didn't know what I was going to say. I was just like, you know, I was going to pick his brain. And he goes, listen, just to get this clear, you will never effing coach at BU ever. <laughs> and I was like, yes, sir. I got it. <laughs> I got the tab. <laughs> so, uh, and that wasn't really why I was going there. I was literally just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Right. 
And uh, but it was it was pretty funny. I'm like, okay, he, what, you, you just prepped that all morning at home when you took a shower. I'm gonna tell Jeff, no way. <laughs> well, and he didn't go to BC so he could curse. This is true. Very true. <laughs> and believe me, I think that was part of the uh, part of the syllabus there. Swear in every language. <clears throat> it was pretty neat though being a B because we Eruzioni was always there. Right. Uh, Silk was there. Jack Park was a phenomenal coach. Ran a great. I've actually practiced with BU when I was when I was there for the. I was there like two and a half, three years, and oh, I'd go and, and practice with them. And so what uh, was that? I mean, I sit here and 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 there was a slight chance at one point, um, where we might have had access to a Ruzioni for the for the podcast. But I mean, like I said, I was sixteen. So that means you were probably thirteen or fourteen, right? Yep, if, I, yep. if I have that, uh-huh. uh, and 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 what was it like to be around some of those guys that that had that that won that thing? I mean, what, what was it? I mean, it was, the, the funny thing is when I skated on the bogs, right? I, I was silk. That was that's who I was. I wasn't Bobby Orr anymore. I wasn't whoever. I was Dave Silk. Okay. So to finally meet him was pretty cool. Yeruzioni is exactly just like when I met Gronkowski. Exact same person <laughs> to Yeruzioni as Gronkowski is the same exact person, whether it's behind closed doors, wherever. Um, super guy. Jim Craig, you know, Jim Craig was actually his uh his cousin? Craig Sharon played at Providence. Um, and he and I grew up together. We played it was me, Sullivan, and a couple other players, and Craig Sharon, and we had a pretty good team in youth hockey. Right. So we always see Jim Craig once in a while too, and it was just it it was it was like being along your heroes or gods, you know. It's just it's crazy, you know. Hey, hey Jeff, Mike Ruzioni is still around that team. <laughs> he He's was what? here. For, he was here for the tournament uh, at ASU, the Desert Classic last year. Was uh, he really? That's, that's what Paul was was alluding to. I tried to had I known he was going to be here, I would have worked a little harder to get him on. But when he was here, I met him. And uh, it just it just didn't work out. It was just too short a notice. But yeah, he was around the program, and and they said they they loved having him be the ambassador still for BU hockey. Oh yeah, yep, yep. And that's what he was when he was there. It was uh, it was pretty neat. I mean, I mean, how until like issues got you know you got flip flops and playing beautiful playing hockey in beautiful weather. Right. If you go to BU, you get you get a Ruzioni and whoever else there that has been there. You know, Pendolfo played against us when. Back in the day, so he's he's the coach there now. It's just it's just a just a history of hockey from both those schools, you know. So let me let me ask you this: When you look at this year's team and you look at players in general, you've got a unique perspective because you played way back when, and and then you had Johnny play and you were able to watch him. And now Paul and I talk about this on the show all the time that this might be the most parody we've ever seen in college hockey. And that's why I get a little perturbed at people that say, oh, ASU played a cupcake schedule, whatever, because I think there are so many talented players. How do they rate, Jeff, in your mind, when you look and evaluate players? Um, I know it's not like you're sitting here doing it professionally, but how, how good are these players? And are they are they much different from those guys that you saw way back when, when you played? Um, it's hard to say because we there were so few Division One teams at the time, so every team was really loaded, you know. But 
the the athleticism, the speed uh, of what I see nowadays, it's 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 insane. It's it's some such good hockey. So <clears throat> I think that what I liked more about my day was it was pretty physical. And it was like, one thing I can't stand now is no one finishes a check. Yeah. I'm not talking dirty. I'm talking guy. You hit him. Just like the other night, Johnny made a beautiful pass. And they were talking about what a beautiful pass was. He assist for a goal. But in reality, the D stepped out of the way because he fell for his toe drag. You got to put a body on that guy. You know, and I don't see that as much as here. But I know it's faster. I know the rinks are bigger. So it's hard to like to compare them like that. It's just a different game now, I think. Well, uh, let me let me ask you this, because you were talking about slap shots earlier in warm-ups from 13 feet. <laughs> yeah. But um, Paul Nornstein, if he could have it his way, would consider everybody going back to wood sticks. Yes. <laughs> your, thought, your thoughts on wood sticks versus where we are now. Not the, Forget the price stuff. I'm just talking about the quality of it. Do the, do the sticks today make for better hockey players? I agree. In your opinion. I agree. The sticks make for a more competitive game. Okay. What uh, the hell does that mean? I, I, okay. So let me <laughs> let me take one step back. Number one, if I see another pass off the ice or a slap pass, oh. my coach will roll in his grave. Oh. And that's all it is nowadays. I hate the slap pass. It's inaccurate. If I see another pass that's hot thigh high across ice and who's expecting to get that that stuff i can't st- i don't know i don't know why any coaches don't stop that my coach would stop practice i don't even know if i ever tell you this story everyone's you know before a game everyone's uh right we got the uh it's starting to go aluminum but blade and they're they're torching it up and curving it and all that kind of stuff right well we played a game we missed every net blah 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 the very next week Brian Leach had the straightest, like a, hardly any curve. And we all had a play with Brian Leach's. <laughs> he changed everyone to Brian Leach's pattern. Did that work? <laughs> well, he had Brian Leach, Leach, so it was easy. Give him yeah, the puck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. So, back to that original question, I think the, the, the speed is incredible now, but I, I, I wish there was more physicality, like to finish your checks. Right, um, and I wish passing was better. I feel like the passing out of the new out of the out of the, our defensive zone, any team has been horrendous. Now watching the BCBU, that was pretty that was pretty clean. But those guys are all first round picks. Right. Um, but I, I mean, I, I watched that BCBU game last week, and it was better than watching some of the ECHL games because the passing was beautiful. So let, let me ask you one more on. Oh, wait, 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 let, me, let me just add one more thing to Paul. Okay. On this one. He also thinks goalies <laughs> should not go down. No, they. Well, I was going to get to that. I wasn't going to. Oh, I was going to give you the. I was going to let you get, get. You know, take your shot. Okay, I wasn't going to pass your that up. Cred. The street cred goes. You're, all your, you know, I'll use a yeah, Gen Z. Your Riz is gone. What? My what? Riz. Well, I don't know what the hell that means. I'm yeah, that's 60. right. You don't. No, I don't. Because he's old. Yeah. Okay, so Jeff, quickly before before yeah. I let you get into that part of it, um, it, when I was at the Frozen Fort in Boston, mm-hmm. um, I said to uh, anybody that would listen to me, I said, I think there's two teams here that really want to win a national championship, 
That was Denver and Minnesota State. And I said, I think there's two more teams here that, you know, if we win it, it would be great. But really, there's bigger things on the horizon. And I know that's human nature. But that wasn't the way it was when you played, was it? I mean, uh, when you played, or was it? I don't know. I guess I'm asking. No. The one thing I'd say about BC, it was the craziest thing I ever – okay, the very first day, Scott Gordon's the goalie. He ended up playing for the Olympic team and for the Quebec Nordiques. Um, and then David Littman – was that? Paul says that I figured you. I gave you a shot there. So, <laughs> but so Lippman and I came in together too, and he was the he was the second goalie, Buffalo Sabres draft pick, and he played in the, he played in the show. Right. Day one, they were helping me. High school, never in a million years would my the guy I'm trying to beat out would help me. You know, so everyone in that team was trying to help each other from day one. And it's just the type of people that that went there or, you know, I can't talk. I didn't go to, I mean, I think that BU was, was pretty well programmed like that, but it was crazy to see, like we were literally a team and we were all there for each other. And that's so like, you hear that stuff all the time, but goodness, it was, it made, I, I walked on, you know, I was, I, I didn't, I didn't think they even knew my name. You know what I mean? And it was just it, for them to bring me in like they did, and then treat me like they did, and help me out. It was it was amazing. It was amazing. So I think the competitive spirit and just we always. I think if it, to a fault, we were too passionate, too emotional. But winning winning the national championship was important. It was the thing, right? Because when oh, I right. grew up, it was it was that same way in Minnesota. You were out to win a national championship. Then you started looking towards the professional careers. But when I when I saw Minnesota and Michigan, I'll just say it. When they showed up at the Frozen Four, I was going like, okay, these are two different teams in Denver and and um, Minnesota State. Because Denver and Minnesota State said, our goal is taking home that trophy. And it looked to me like Minnesota, or Minnesota and Michigan were going like, yeah, you know, that trophy would be great. But tomorrow... Yeah, when we're done, I'm going to be signing for some big cash, and that's all that really matters. And I think college hockey is losing a little bit of that shine. And I give David Carl a lot of credit in Denver because he tells us every start of the season, it's like, we're, we're out to win number 10 until they win 10. We want to be the first team to win 10 national championships. And to me, that glues the team together. I mean, you, you talk to a Denver pioneer for the last two years, and they're going to all say the same thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, Coach mentions it. <laughs> he wants to win number 10. Yep. I think you're spot on. I really do because I. that's the one feeling I got from watching Minnesota lately is that these guys are all gone in a couple of years. And uh, I don't know. I just don't – I feel like they have some other interests beyond college hockey, and I can understand that, but I don't get it, you know. Um, I think – I like and that's that happens to do with recruiting too, though. It sounds like Denver's recruited the right type of person. By the way, just because I'll I'll name drop again, I did see David Littman play when he played for the Roadrunners in the Isles. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. That was just before I left, right after, right as I was graduating, and I knew he had played for the Roadrunners, and I just 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 wanted to throw that in. Oh, hold, hold on a minute here. You graduated? Well, they threw me out. <laughs> yeah. They okay. said we're tired of looking at you. Get the hell out. Yeah. Was that the eighth or ninth year? 
Tenth uh, <laughs> or eleventh, probably. Oh, okay. So actually, then that's just the junior at ASU, then, right? <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, so tell us about this goalies going down too soon. I I keep telling Paul that I think it's to protect the bottom of the net because there are so many deflections and so many screens. That's my theory. He he says just don't ever go down. Stand up. That's no, 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 no. Don't know. He says they're going no. down too early or at any time. I but you see, they go down every time. Go down. Okay, here's the deal. <laughs> so, if a guy is going to shoot a puck from a certain spot, and then the puck's going to go in because of physics, the speed, and the time you can react to it, you're almost starting to have to guess. So, if you can go down, if, the problem with goalies going down nowadays, they don't go down correctly. They go down and their shoulders are very low. And it's hard for them to bring the hands back up. I don't think anyone's goalie coaching these guys about some of these things. I, I was at, I started playing again when I was 33 and I was getting beat upstairs all day long. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And one of my buddies, he's like, Hey, he's another goalie. He's like, Hey, you're dropping your shoulder. You're doing this. And a, a couple adjustments. And I was like, Oh yes. I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you got, you have to, you have to go down. You really do. I mean, what you need to do is put the pads on one day and try to stop them and then do that for a year and see if you can figure it out because there's no way you could stand up and defend the goal nowadays. No, no, way. no but, but I'm not – but, again, one, you have a stick that you're supposed to use. You're supposed to use it. Otherwise, why bother? Okay? Two, uh, y- you do have a glove hand. Use it. Yeah, there's, there's so Use many. It. Okay, so here's the deal. <clears throat> you got a left-hand shot coming down on you. That means he's it, when he's shooting at you, the puck's on the on your right-hand side. Yeah. So you take angles down. You come out. You also go to your right a little bit, give him nothing to shoot at the right side, knowing he's going to go glove side. And give it to him. Then you go down, and all you have to worry about now is catching something in your glove. Yeah, and... and- but if you're going to stand there straight up and down, he could shoot five different places. No, um, again, I'm not suggesting they should never go down. I'm suggesting maybe they wait until the puck's actually in the offensive zone before they do it. <laughs> you know, maybe wait until, uh, I, I don't know, It's the, the, the puck might get thrown at the net from... That's another thing. Okay, so what's to say there's a defenseman's got it at the point? You better go down if he shoots it, period, because deflections. Yeah, there you go. I, I try to tell him that. you got to cover as much. There's no way you can react to a puck standing straight up and down. So you find out the general area it's going towards. You go to the guy screening you. You get closer to him. You go down right behind him. But, you know, I don't see that that often either. Okay, so I got a final one for you on the goaltending, uh-huh. and then and then Paul can can finish things up with you. Um, I watched Dustin Wolf play for Calgary. I don't know if you've seen him play for the Calgary Wranglers. He he might be the most athletic and the quickest goaltender I've seen in any league. And I've watched him play for three years now, and he's impressive. But his size, he's short. And Jeff, before he starts every period, he he gets to the top of the blue blue crease. And he jumps straight up, and he can get his feet nearly to the top of the crossbar. 
That's wow. how athletic this kid is. And it's a routine. And I, I video him every time just because I'm still shocked at it. But he doesn't get his shot. He's had a few sniffs this year with uh, Calgary. And every time I talk to him, he says, you know what? It's my size. They don't think I'm big enough. Yeah, is that, that really that big of a deal, being a big goaltender now? Or is there a spot for a really small athletic goaltender? We have a, our goalies have a saying, forwards are dumb. So coaches are dumb too. I can't, I can't tell you how bad. Like when I, I when I, I changed my style, I used to be a stand-up goalie. So my freshman year in high school, I played every game. Went and learned the down style. I was better. I didn't play a single minute my junior year in high school because my coach thought I should stand up. Then I go to BC, make the team, and I send him my, my schedule. <laughs> with with an autograph? <laughs> no, the circle a couple of things you know, close to his house. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I love small athletic goalies. To be honest with you, but I get it. They all think they should be big and cover a lot of net. It's just that's the old saying, like oh, put the fat kid in net because he can cover the whole thing. Well, you got to move. It's just it depends on how fat the kid is. Like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You just still got to move. Don't worry about it. I, I played men's league hockey with this guy. He was Samoan, so he was a big boy. Um, probably three hundred something pounds. And he covered the net, but he couldn't move side to side. <laughs> you know, there's a guy, there's a goalie now in the ECHL. He's phenomenal straight ahead. You go side to side on him, he's done. He's toast. He'll never make it out of ECHL. That's my opinion. But, but anyways, back to another yeah, thing about the goalies and stuff like that. What I don't say, I think, I think 90% of goalies that I've seen in college do not play breakaways correctly. They're all up in the crease or in the top of the crease. You need to be way out. And it is, I don't think there's any instruction on that. I got a, I got a running bet with Johnny now. I've never lost this bet. You get 10 shots. You tell me how many you're going to score. And then we'll figure it out when we go there. And Johnny's like, I'll score seven. I talk about it against you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me. Well, that's like you know, to clarify for people that are. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, like, I, but I've all, all my life growing up, I've never lost that bet. You pick how many goals you think you can score on me out of 10. And then <laughs> I've never lost that because I know how to do breakaways. Might not be able to do anything else. But. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good stuff. But it's yep, funny, Johnny hasn't taken me up in this bet yet. <laughs> he will after he hears this. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us and enlightening us. We could go on for hours, but um, Absolutely. I know things will, will end up here pretty soon if, if we don't. But uh, <laughs> great stuff. Uh, always fun to have you on. You're welcome any single time, my friend. And anytime we can give a little dish to Paul, it's always great because, you know, that big palatial estate that he's in, yeah. you know, sometimes he doesn't get out and live with the real people. No, I know. He just he doesn't, you know. Yeah, let me let me take some pictures from my from my <laughs> from my windows down here in the basement, and, and you could see, you know, it's it's not like the penthouses that Scott stays in. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, I've been told that uh, the NCAA teams now are making it a stop when they go to Long Island, where they they pull the bus up out front, but the guards simply just don't let them close. So, yeah, so they wave on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just move on, but. And I've had a lot of them. I've asked him. I asked Matt Coronado. I said, you've been by the estate? He goes, buy it? 
you can't even get close to it. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Walker, thanks so much for spending some time. Best of luck uh, thanks, to Johnny and, and everybody. And uh, stay healthy, stay well, and don't work too hard, okay? Will do. Always a pleasure to be with you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jeff. Take care. All right. That's uh, a little history lesson for you guys on the uh, life and times of uh, the bean pot and uh, college hockey in general. Um, we'll be back in just a couple of seconds here to uh, recap another show and uh, talk about what we're going to talk about tomorrow night. So we'll be right back. It's time to drop the puck on the nation's best college hockey conference. We bring you closer to the action all season long with access to exclusive on-demand content and more than 140 live games. Catch every big goal and clutch save when you can't be there. We have you covered here. Stream on your phone, computer, or straight to your TV and don't miss a moment from your favorite team. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. You talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're at Jesse Ray's Barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, it speaks for itself. At 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice Award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack has three locations at 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe, the ASU location at 922 East Apache Road, and 952 West White Mountain Road in Pine Top. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegers. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel Gensel. Thanks towards the goalie. Score. Gail McCarr. Gail McCarr. He scores. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Oh my goodness collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. From the nchc.tv studios, this is ITHSW Podcasts, College Hockey, Coast to Coast. It is College Hockey, Coast to Coast. Scott Strandy out on the West Coast in beautiful Carlsbad, California, where it was a balmy 63 degrees today in sunshine. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein joining me from Soon to be under snow on Long Island, New York. God. <laughs> Paul, do you want me to send pictures tomorrow of what it's like to see the ocean? Um, if you know anything about we Italians, you know what I'm doing right now. 
You, you know the gesture I'm making. <laughs> can you recap? Can you recap the uh, the bean pot for us? Well, I, I gotta, you know, uh, Northeastern wins in overtime, wins a championship. Uh, Gunnar Wolf Fontaine gets his third point of the night uh, for Northeastern. Uh, his, his first goal, adding up after two assists. Uh, it was a back and forth game, even though BU. Uh, at least it was back and forth on the scoreboard anyway. BU was, you know, spent a lot of time in the Northeastern zone. It was one nothing, then 1-1, 2-1 BU, then 2-2, 3-2 BU late in the th- second period uh, when Northeastern gets a power play goal uh, from Jack Williams at 9-51 in the third period. And then they go into overtime, and, and Fontaine gets uh, the Beanpot winner. And... Um, I think Northeastern has been in the championship game now like seven years in a row. Um, and Fontaine, by the way, um, not only a seventh-round draft pick of the Nashville Predators, uh, can you take a guess of where he played junior hockey? <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't want to guess because I know. Go ahead. Yeah, well, because it's just it just fits the theme for the night, right? <laughs> yeah. And another steal. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not. I don't even know how they get all those players. I mean, it doesn't I don't mean, either. It's nuts. It, yeah, I don't know how they do it. But uh, Northeastern with the win in overtime right. Right. improves to 13, 12, and 2. Right. Now up to 20 in the pairwise. So um, look out. They're climbing. Uh, I guess we're going to talk about that tomorrow with, along <laughs> with the polls. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get into your super sixteen tomorrow too because okay. goodness gracious I, I think I'm I'm almost certain that you need the day off just to get some mental uh, awareness back because oh, I wish I had the man day oh off. man oh okay. well you're gonna, be, I don't have to you're gonna be working tomorrow. from home that's day off well almost <laughs> anyway it's uh it, it's unbelievable um uh, what we're seeing uh, around the country but. Just unbelievable. People that don't think there's parody, boy, just pay attention just a little bit, and you'll find out that there's a lot of parody in college hockey. And yeah. to call any team a cupcake is a is a terrible derogatory thing in 2024. I don't care who you are. If you're playing NCAA hockey this season right now, you are not a cupcake. Uh, by the way, I just – I'll just Yeah, that's fine. I mean – um, I'm just going to throw this in there because I'll, I'll quote Jeff. As long as BU loses, that's all that matters to him. So I'm just going to throw that in there. I didn't want to leave him hanging. So. All right. Um, well, take it away, right. my friend. We'll be this back tomorrow night. From the NCHC.TV studios, this has been College Hockey Coast to Coast, brought to you by Jesse Ray's Barbecue. At 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, where our food can be summed up in one word, perfection. Liberty University, strengthen your faith in your game at the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast at liberty.edu. The Caesar Sportsbook app, a proud partner of the NHL. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly. Two locations in Pine Top, uh, Tempe and one in Pine Top. Lunch, dinner, or your next catered event at SpaghettiShack.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, where the action is, from the Atlantic to the Pacific and around the world. And by FedEx, delivery is made easy no matter where you are, unless it's being sent to me. 
the official delivery company <laughs> of Ice Time Hockey West. <laughs> College Hockey Coast to Coast and all of the Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app or for download at your favorite podcast platform by searching and subscribing at ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. If you like what you hear, tell a friend or leave a positive review. College Hockey Coast to Coast is part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Well, let me tell you this and close in, and great job as always. Um, six, six to 12 inches, I'm told, on the news is going to fall of that white stuff uh, in the city. So I don't know. Well, what I don't care. Do. I'm 50 miles inches. from there. <laughs> I'm 50 miles just from the border. So, you know, I'm okay. Okay, with let's close. I'm only about 27 miles from the Mexican border. So, yeah, but, but I'm going to have 63 and sunny tomorrow. So I'll be, yeah, I'll be so fine. Kiss my tuchus. <laughs> I also want to say, just in case people haven't been listening or paying attention on X, that uh, thank you so much for 80,000 uh, impressions because uh, I didn't think I was going to get that much. I thought I thought I was just kind of generic, but apparently I am somebody, and I, I think I'm going to have this on my tombstone. 20 wins is 20 wins. Nice. Undeniable. Nice. <laughs> we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, Hell on New Day. Get yourself some Cancion tequila. I'm trying. Okay. <laughs>